This week in Retronauts, go Ninja, go! Refuge in Audacity has been a fairly recent trend for video games, developers and publishers self-consciously adopting ridiculous or asinine publicity in order to draw attention. The idea being, apparently, it's so dumb it must be awesome, right? Frequently these games do turn out to be dumb, but awesome? Not so often. Games aren't so great at self-awareness. That's what I love about Ninja 5.0, Hudson and Konami's odd little Game Boy Advance sleeper hit from 2003. There was no strained irony about the game, no camp for the sake of laughs, no pretenses, really no self-awareness. It was totally a straight-laced action platformer in the 16-bit vein, and its publisher evidently called it Ninja 5.0 in all sincerity, like, hey, here's a game about a policeman who happens to be a ninja. It would totally make sense for us to name it after a TV series that hasn't been on the air for 20 years, right? And the game ended up bumbling beneath the radar as a result, though the dopey title was only part of the story there. Ninja 5.0 is a strange little game, credited to Hudson, but with a staff seemingly consisting of Konami vets. It appears to have been one of the first results of the slow-burning and ill-fated merger between the two companies. Whatever its corporate identity and provenance, most of the talent behind Ninja 5.0 hailed from Konami, having worked on projects ranging from Konami's latter-day GBA Ninja Turtles titles, to survival kids, to classics like Animaniacs or Super NES and the Osamu Tezuka-inspired Hinotori for Famicom. The game's heritage shows it's as old-school in design as you'd expect from former Famicom designers. Ninja 5.0 felt like a shameless atavism at the time of its 2003 release, redolent of 8- and 16-bit classics like Shinobi, Bionic Commando, and Rolling Thunder. Its closest antecedents were probably Umihara Kawase and Elevator Action Returns, both nearly a decade old by the time Ninja 5.0 rolled around, inhaling from a forgotten generation. Ninja 5.0 arrived too late to be timely and too soon to be hip. Cave Story and the retro revival it would help usher in were still more than a year away, and Game Boy Advance was the most terminally uncool platform imaginable. Doubly damned by its kid-friendly reputation, and by its association with Nintendo, which was mired in the deepest doldrums of its irrelevance back in 2003. The GBA's core audience of 8-year-olds wanted nothing to do with Ninja 5.0, which looked like something their dads might have played in high school. Meanwhile, Ninja 5.0's most likely demographic of aging gamers beginning to feel the pangs of nostalgia wanted nothing to do with GBA outside of a few big-name titles. No, Ninja 5.0 couldn't have debuted at a worse time. Five years earlier, and it would have been a staunch holdout of the vanishing ways. Five years later, and it could have been a pioneer of the retro revival. In 2003, it was doomed.
This of course is why the game sells for more than $100 these days. No one gave it a second glance at the time, to the point that it might as well have never existed given the brevity of its retail existence. So when word finally got out that it was secretly one of GBA's coolest games, there weren't enough copies to go around. Konami's marketing didn't exactly help the game's fortunes. What kind of idiot calls a game Ninja 5-0? Or gives it a garish box consisting of what appears to be a ninja drawn in felt markers against a blank orange background? Honestly, there were European PC games produced back in the 80s in quantities that could be counted in dozens that had a better shelf presence than Ninja 5.0, a game released in the new millennium for a major platform by one of the largest publishers in the world. So Ninja 5.0 was this bizarre creation, out of touch and out of time. But like the best baffling creations, it clearly was a work of love, a game created because the people behind it said, we should make this game. Certainly it doesn't appear to have been created by corporate mandate. Not only did Konami send Ninja 5.0 to die at retail in the US and in Europe, where it went under the slightly less ridiculous title Ninja Cop, no relation to Famicom classic Ninja Cop Saizo, aka Wrath of the Black Manta, they didn't even release the game in Japan, despite that being its point of origin. No, Ninja 5.0 was one of those games that forces you to ask, who on earth did they make this for? And the answer, ultimately, is themselves. product isn't precisely what you'd call perfect, but I don't think that was really the aim. Instead, it was meant to be a fast-paced, challenging action game that managed to wallow in the nostalgia of the familiar while possessing its own distinct personality. I think I mentioned Shinobi earlier, and you honestly can't help but draw comparisons between this game and Sega's classic series. You play a ninja policeman trying to rescue hostages while jumping about madly and racking up magic spells. Your hero is even named Joe for crying out loud. Joe Osugi, but still, Hudson and Konami didn't exactly break a sweat trying to file the serial numbers off this one. Once you settle in and start playing the game, however, you'll quickly find that it strikes out in its own direction. It has a vaguely Mega Man-like structure, in which you're allowed to play the first three stages in any order, and completing them allows you to move along to the second half of the game. Within a given mission, three substages appear in sequence, one after the other. However, within each substage, players are expected to do a bit of exploration and backtracking, your goal in a given substage is simply to exit through the red door at the end. To do that, you need to uncover the red key. Like I said, it's old school. And beyond the first few levels, you typically need to find a blue key and a yellow key in order to access the red key behind blue and yellow doors. Ninja 5.0 is light on frills and pretense, and heavy on action. Somewhat unusually, Joe Osugi's primary attack is not his katana, but rather his projectiles. The B button causes him to toss a throwing implement at foes, which can be upgraded twice from simple shuriken to a spread of fireballs to a powerful piercing energy beam. Mr. Osugi does carry a katana though, and you activate this with the GBA's right shoulder button. On the ground, sword attacks consist of an overhand slash with a follow-up forward slice. While a jumping sword attack has a spinning effect reminiscent of that one Ninja Gaiden power-up that would burn through your spirit points. This reversal of standard ninja game rubric, placing ranged attacks as your default with no limitations on ammunition, creates a different dynamic to the action than you typically expect from the genre. Ninja 5.0 often plays like a shooter, with melee attacks becoming a strategic option rather than your standard approach. The game even reserves the left shoulder button for a pair of binoculars that lets you scan a screen ahead of Osugi, similar to the camera buttons in Super Mario World. The action freezes while you scan ahead, but there's a sort of ravenous bug bladder beast effect to the bad guys. 
If you spot them by scanning ahead, they see you too. So you can look forward, but it comes at a cost. It's worth doing though, because the final tool in Osugi's arsenal turns Ninja 5.0 from a fast-paced action game into a blazing fast one. By pressing the jump button while in midair, Joe doesn't perform a double jump, but instead flings a grappling hook. All the best platformers have them. Well, most of them do anyway. The addition of a grappling wire automatically puts Ninja 5.0 in good company. The most obvious point of reference here is to Bionic Commando, but in truth the swinging and climbing capabilities that Officer Osugi has at his command don't really bear much resemblance to those of Captain Spencer. He lacks a graceful arc to his swings, and he can't pull himself over ledges and platforms. No, between his ability to lengthen or contract his grapple in mid-swing, and his need to actually swing up and over platform edges, Mr. Osugi's control scheme has much more in common with that of Umihara Kawase. Of course, Ninja 5.0 gives you far less control over your swings than you had in Umihara Kawase, but that's to be expected. The latter was an incredibly technical game centered entirely around the physics of grappling. Ninja 5.0 is a fast-paced action game about killing dudes with a totally sweet ninja police sword. Still, the addition of a fairly unconventional grappling mechanic really opens up Ninja 5.0's level layouts. If you play the first three stages in the order in which they're listed, you'll find their design steadily take on an increasingly vertical format. The controls in Ninja 5.0 take some getting used to, and they're weird enough that it's pretty easy to become rusty with them if you don't play frequently. But once you do get a handle on everything, it's a fantastic platformer, reminiscent of the 16-bit era's best, yet possessing its own distinct personality and style. Really, Ninja 5.0 is the game a million indie developers would be trying to create a decade later, and usually with considerably less success than Konami and Hudson had. Sadly, the team behind the game never really had an opportunity to refine their craft, given the way their creation was sent to die at retail. Well, that's not entirely true. Most of the team gathered together several years later to create a game called Moondancer, which was pretty cool and possessed much of the same spirit as Ninja 5.0. But you know, it was for iOS, and it's tough to have a game as intricate and demanding as Ninja 5.0 without physical buttons. And now that Konami's imploded and destroyed Hudson along with it, the chances we'll ever see a proper Ninja 5.0 successor seem pretty slight. The game doesn't even have enough cachet to support a spiritual Kickstarter. Still, there's a chance we could see the game on Virtual Console, which would be nice. Until then, law-abiding gamers have little choice but to fight for the few copies available on the open secondary market with wealthier fans. And really, wouldn't you feel uneasy about pirating a game called Ninja 5.0? For Retronauts, this has been Jeremy Parrish. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out more episodes on Retronauts.com, USGamer.net, and on the iTunes Store. We'll be back next week with a full team attack. Retronauts.